Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. said this, but happy anniversary, Everyday Church. We are uh, so excited. This is it. We did it. Five years. That was our goal. This will be our last service. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But uh, five years of public ministry, we don't, the the living room year counts, but we don't count it for our anniversary. So we've actually been around for six years plugging and praying and meeting in our living room for the first year, but five years of public ministry, and we are just so grateful. Thank you so much for coming to celebrate with us today. Um, and as we've already mentioned, there'll be food and inflatables immediately after service, so please hang out. We have tons of food, and uh, it's just going to be a great time, and it'll be a great time. We have a lot of new folks that are here today. Those of you that have been around a while, meet somebody you don't know. Man, I'm looking around. Gosh, this place is full. We added more chairs. Um, God blessed us with some chairs this last week, and we've, we're almost at capacity. This is it. We, don't, we can't get much bigger, so we know, we know expansion is coming. Two services are coming, and uh, man, I'm so excited for what God is going to do in our future. All right, let's jump in. Uh, this is week four of our new series and our theme for the year, which is Breakthrough, and we've hit this uh, from a lot of different angles. The first, the first week was really just a prayer. It was a cry from the heart, just asking Jesus for a breakthrough. Uh, Week two was about getting a clear word from God because breakthrough follows battle. But we can't just be jumping into every battle and expect God to come through. Like we need to know what he's called us into. And so we need a clear word from God so we can fight through to the breakthrough. And last week we talked about, I don't know, is that the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing the confetti? Um, Last week, we talked about pioneering breakthrough, that our personal breakthrough is not just for us, but we're blazing a trail for those that follow. And today, we're going to talk about preparing for breakthrough. And we spent the last three weeks in 2 Samuel chapter 5, and today I want to move to Joshua. And you're going to see the pattern of some of the things that we've already talked about in the verses of scripture that we read in just a few moments. And I'm also going to try to incorporate some info about where we are as a church, um, things that God is doing, and just kind of try to mingle all of this together. Um, In Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, this is... After the death of Moses, God is speaking to the new leader. And we've talked about some of this before, but I want to reiterate it, especially within the context of breakthrough. Verse 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. 
Now, for those who might not be familiar with the story, let me catch everyone up. Moses was God's chosen leader for the Israelite nation, and he was supposed to lead them into this land that God had promised to give them. Now, 40 years before this text that we're reading in Joshua, Moses had showed up to this promised land and he sent 12 spies into the land. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, that's who we're, Joshua's who we're reading about, they came back with a favorable report after spying out the land. They said, the land is beautiful and it's flowing with milk and honey and we can surely take it. The Lord has provided this for us. The other 10 spies came back with a negative report. And they said, the land is flowing with milk and honey. That's true. But there are also giants in the land. And we will never be able to win the battle against them. And these 10 spies spread a bad report to the entire nation. More than a million people. And fear was sowed into the hearts of the people. And so as a result of the fear and the bad report, the Israelites rebelled against God. And the consequence for their sin and rebellion was this. Not one of them, except for Joshua and Caleb, the two spies with the good report, were able to see the promised land. God banished them into the wilderness for 40 years. Now, that's the short version. Maybe it felt like it took 40 years to tell you that, but that's the short version. You can read that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great stuff in this story. Now, fast forward back to Joshua. Now, I don't have hard data to support this, but after spending 46 years in church, I'm comfortable saying that Joshua chapter 1 is one of the most quoted passages in the Old Testament. Right? We pull some great one-liners out of these verses. Be strong and courageous, or fear not, or I will never leave you nor forsake you. And these are great verses for encouragement, but the context of these verses was from God to Joshua. However, the good news is the same heart of God is revealed in the New Testament when Jesus promised that he'd never leave us nor forsake us. How many of you are glad about that? Amen. And he told us not to be afraid, but to put our trust in him. But there's one promise that God made Joshua that we often claim out of context. We've talked about this before, but I think it's especially important in light of the subject of breakthrough. And that's in verse 3. God's speaking and he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Now, I've heard this verse of scripture prayed so many times. I've prayed it myself so many times. Oh, God, your word says that you'll give me every place that I set my foot. And I'm walking, and I'm claiming, and I'm praying, and I'm declaring this promise or this verse of scripture. But the thing that we often overlook is that God was very specific when he gave this promise. See, we take it, we're like, everywhere I step, God's going to give it to me. But watch what he said in verse 4. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. God laid out their boundaries in advance. Before the breakthrough, he clearly marked out the territory that they were to possess Essentially, he's saying, as long as you stay within these boundaries, I will give you every place that you set your foot. Now, this is the throwback again to message two, week two. We know that we have, we have to have a clear word from God. We have to know what he's called us to do and where he's called us to be. We cannot expect breakthrough when we're living outside of the boundaries that God has set aside for us. 
But when I submit my plans and my desires and my dreams to him, when I position myself in alignment with his will, then nothing can stop me. And this is one of the reasons why comparison is a killer. Because when I begin to compare myself to someone else, and I begin to compare my promised land with someone else's promised land, when I begin to lose focus on what God has called me to do, and I begin to try to fulfill what God has called someone else to do, I am destined for frustration and failure. See, we have to make sure that the land that we're trying to possess is the land that God has called us to possess. But once we settle in our spirit that God has said something, then we can pursue it with reckless abandon. Now, for us as a church, we feel that God has called us to the city. We know that God has called us to reach Bellevue and the surrounding areas. We know that God has called us to be here. Um, we know, we feel like we know who he's called us to be. I was sharing with Pastor David earlier this week when we were on a road trip to get these chairs. Over the past couple of years, we've been approached three different times by three different larger ministries inviting us to come underneath their wing to essentially become a campus or an extension of who they are. One of them was all the way down in, in the Tampa area. They weren't in North Campus. And look at as flattering as that is, we don't feel that's who God's called, called us to be or what he's called us to do. Right? We feel we have a mandate from God. We feel we have a clear word from God. And as long as we stay in our lane, then we know that breakthrough is coming. And one of the things that we feel God has placed on us is a mantle of healing. That's why we talk about healing a lot of times. We expect people to receive healing when they come to everyday church. And we've seen it over and over again. But I believe we're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do because breakthrough is coming. We believe people are going to receive healing in every area of their lives, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, spirit, soul, and body, healing from past and present wounds, healing from past and present relationships. I'm glad this is a series because I'm not going to get to everything today. Um, Another part of our boundaries, so to speak, are our core values. We talk about these a lot um, because it's just who we are. And they are this, authenticity, being spirit-led, generosity, and community, community. And I wanna share some things with you because again, these are kind of our, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to stay within this lane so that breakthrough can happen in our lives. I, I wanna share with you over this last well, not just this last year, but I just want to share with you some things that have happened. First of all, every person who comes in this building, nearly every person feels the authenticity. And a lot of that does come from Katie and I, but it also comes from you. And this speaks also, and why this is so important is because it speaks to the mandate of healing in our lives. Because part of being or receiving healing is being able to reveal hidden things. I mean, I don't mean that you go back through your life and confess every bad thing that you've ever done to everybody. I'm talking about finding a place where we feel safe enough to take off our masks and be real. Until we're willing to reveal the real us, God can't heal us. We're holding things so tight. And that's why authenticity is so important to us. It's not just about so we can act however and be however and be like, oh, it's just how it is. And we're just everyday people and it's just whatever. I'm spitting everywhere. Speaking of everyday people. It's just, <laughs> It's authenticity is about receiving healing. 
And when we become authentic and we reveal what's inside, the moment that's the moment when deep, long-lasting healing can take place. And that happens every single week in our midst. Sometimes it happens at the altar. Sometimes it happens in people's seats. We have people that are part of our church that, that are deeply involved in, in counseling and ministry. And we refer people all the time. People all throughout the week are receiving healing because of what's happening here. God is drawing people here because, the, because of the authenticity and the healing that can be experienced. Now, we want our church also, the second thing, is to be spirit-led. right? That's one of our core values. Our prayer is that people sense the presence of the Holy Spirit when we're together but also that people sense God in our lives when we're not in a corporate setting. Because it's easy to feel God when everyone is singing and everyone is lifting their hands and clapping and it's a celebration. It's, oh, I feel God in the room. You might, but it might just be your emotions. What about when we're outside of this building? What about when we're in the marketplace, when you're in your school, in your car, on the soccer field, when I'm in the drive-thru? <laughs> Do people sense the Holy Spirit in our lives then? Because that's when we know we're truly being spirit-led. A couple of months ago, we had uh, Sunday Fun Day. Was anybody here for that? It's a fantastic day. We broke attendance records, and more importantly, people received Christ. And I'm going to share with you, an, an, it's an anonymous story that happened that day. And, um, and then the, the hope is that one day this person will be able to share it themselves. So there was a person that came to the event late. And this person's spouse and their child were already here. And this person was away for the weekend at a festival. And they had booked a hotel room. But on that Sunday morning, they felt as though something inside was saying, you're not supposed to be here. And so they left the festival. They told someone else, look, take the hotel room. You can have it. It's already paid for it, whatever. They drove here. Not knowing what to do, they watched Facebook Live on, from their phone in their car for like 10 or 15 minutes just sitting out there while everything's going on. And eventually the person gets up. They come in. They're still playing Facebook Live. They see one of our team members and they say, where is this happening? How, how do I get here? So they brought him into the, to the sanctuary, into the auditorium, and they sat in the back slipping in, missing a, a large portion of the service. But then toward the end of the service, when we gave the appeal for Christ, they doubled over in their seat and tears began to flow down their face. And they accepted Christ. And now we're in conversations with them about water baptism and what that would look like. And again, I'm keeping the story generic because I want this person to share at some point their own story. These are the kinds of things that are happening in our midst. See, God is leading us as spirit-filled people by his spirit, but he's also, he's also leading people who haven't even met him yet by his spirit to come here and to receive what he has for them. Now, the last two of our core values are generosity and community, and they often go together. And I want to just give you just kind of a recap of what you've done, what your generosity has done this year. Um, partnering with our teachers, our schools, local sports clubs, uh, we were able to give away nearly $3,000. And so that's, that's like Thanksgiving meals. We provided Christmas for people and things like that. For benevolence, and this includes anything from groceries or meals for people who are hospitalized. It includes taking care of, of folks when they have um, an unexpected or, or when a loved one passes away. We've helped people with vehicles, all kinds of things. But because of your generosity in this category, we were able to give away $9,000 or 
<clears throat> but wait, there's more. Um, for foster care, Pastor Ted came earlier in the year. Some of you will know that name. He's the chaplain um, for really for all of America in regards to foster care. And they're doing amazing things. And this was right after Roe v. Wade was, was overturned. And we said, look, it's, it's one thing to celebrate, but don't be obnoxious, just celebrate it on Facebook and let's not do anything. They're, they're, we have to do something. And so it was, it was ordained that he was already coming. You know, I feel like all that was God ordained and we began what we call a foster care and adoption initiative. And so people are giving to that monthly, but including what we gave to Pastor Ted and other needs that we met in regards to foster care, you guys gave $14,408. <clears throat> but wait, there's more. Uh, our missions giving this year, which included things like sponsorships for kids for food for the hungry. It included uh, hurricane relief when the hurricane came through. It includes uh, Miami missions, when we took a large team down to Miami and ministered in the inner city. And it also includes our in-house missionaries, Pastor David and Heather McGregor. McGregor. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but because of your generosity, just in the category of missions, we were able to give away $16,367. <clears throat> Collectively, Everyday Church gave away $42,227. That's a lot of money for a church our size. And I'm so excited for what God is doing in the area of community and generosity. And what does this have to do with anything? What does all of this have to do with breakthrough? And what does this have to do with expansion Sunday? See, I believe that when we take care of things that matter to God, the orphans, the hurting, and the broken, God will take care of us. And we've seen this over and over again. But I believe that as we are faithful to release the resources that God places in his hands, he will bring increase. I dream of a day when we give away double and triple that amount. I dream of a day when it's not uncommon for everyday church to give hundreds of thousands of dollars away to hurting and broken people. And maybe that seems extreme to you, but it wasn't that long ago that 15 or 20,000 seemed extreme. And this year we've almost tripled that. I can't wait till we triple it again and again and again. Did you see some of you that follow Metterbook, did you see what they were able to do this, this a few weeks ago from their special Christmas offering that they took up, they were able to give $400,000 away. Four of their ministry partners received a $100,000 check each. That's the kingdom. And I know we're just talking about comparison and staying in our lane. And while we can't do that, I don't look at that as comparison. I look at that as a moment to celebrate and it's a motivation for what's possible. God's going to do something significant because we're committed to releasing the resources that he gives us. See, the breakthrough that we desire is coming because we're committed to stay, to, to staying in our lane. We're committed to staying inside the boundaries that God has laid out for us. This applies to us corporately and it complies to you and to us individually. What is it that God has asked you to do? What are your boundaries? It doesn't matter if it seems big or if it seems small because our only gauge for success is obedience. What is it that he's called you to do? What is it that he's called me to do? And when I step out and I'm obedient, then I'm successful, whether it makes the Instagram real or not. That doesn't matter. What matters is the obedience. 
Now, the story of Joshua continues, and I don't have time to unpack this whole story today because I really want some fried chicken. Uh, (laughs) Here's the short version. Joshua sent his own spies, and this time the report from the spies was good. I'm guessing that after 40 years in the wilderness, even if I was afraid, I probably would have said, we can do it. (laughs) I wouldn't have been the one. I can't do this. Never mind. From there, they had to cross the Jordan River, which was at flood stage. And historians and theologians tell us, tells us that the, at flood stage, that the river would have been at least one mile wide. We're talking about millions of people crossing a river that's one mile wide, and it's extremely deep because it's at flood stage. The, the water is coming over the banks of the Jordan. And just as God had split the sea so the Israelites could cross on dry land when they escaped slavery, he also stopped the flow of this river so that they could once again cross on dry land. Now, it's worth repeating here, and we've talked about this before, but Jordan means descender or to go down. This is a representation of humility. Our posture for breakthrough must always be one of humility and servanthood. All right, now this leads us to what initially this entire message was going to be about. And again, we'll revisit some of this in the future. But in Joshua chapter 5, we see the final preparation for the breakthrough. Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 2, it says, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. And so Joshua made flint flint knives and he circumcised the Israelites at Gilbeath Haraloth. Now, this is why he did so. All of those who came out of Egypt, all of the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All of the people that came out had been circumcised, but all of the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. And then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Okay. Part of the preparation process. Remember, we're talking about preparation or preparing for breakthrough. Part of the preparation process is cutting away that which isn't necessary. These gentlemen that are about to experience circumcision aren't babies. They're grown men. They know what's about to happen, and they know that it's going to be painful. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no way around it. There's no faking it. I mean, talk about authenticity. This, is, this moment requires complete trust and vulnerability. But in order to experience breakthrough, we have to be willing to do the same. Right? There's no way to water this down. If we're going to be people of breakthrough, we will have to be people of sacrifice. If we're not committed enough to the breakthrough, then we'll quit as soon as we experience opposition. And we talked about this some a few weeks ago. But if you want breakthrough in your finances, there will likely be pain as you begin to cut spending and live on a budget. 
If you want breakthrough in your marriage, there will be pain as you begin to put your spouse's needs above yours. There will be pain involved as you humble yourself and admit that you're not always right. Katie. I'm kidding. She is always right. But there will be pain involved as you become less self-centered and more spouse-centered. If you want breakthrough in your health, there will be pain involved as you go to the gym or begin exercise. Your body will scream at you as you begin to cut back on sugar and soda and candy and cookies. Someone asked me before church if this was a high calorie church. (laughs) And I was like, unfortunately it is. Someone recently asked me about communion. They said, what would your communion elements be? Like for Jesus, his, his body and blood are bread and wine. And they were like, well, what would it represent in your life? And it didn't take a lot of thought. I said, tacos and Coke. <clears throat> to which Katie responded, no, it wouldn't. It would be milk and cookies. <laughs> the point is, if I want to break through in my health, it will require some kind of pain. It will require putting down something and doing something different. Breakthrough requires sacrifice. Now, in just a few moments, we're going to receive the offering. And we began talking about this special expansion offering in November of last year. And Katie and I have been praying about what God would have us to do. And as as I've encouraged you week after week over the last several weeks, our prayer has been the same thing that I said to you. God, we don't have what you're asking us to give. If you provide it, we'll release it. So we don't ask anything different from you guys. Just that you would be spirit-led, part of our core values. Now, we're in a season, personally, where we feel God is asking us to give extravagantly. The breakthrough that we're expecting personally is going to require sacrifice and inconvenience. But we want the breakthrough more than we care about convenience. Now, this message is as much, again, about personal breakthrough as it is about corporate breakthrough. And I and especially if you're new around here, we don't talk about money a lot. We encourage people just to do what God has laid on their heart and to follow scripture. Please don't receive any of this as manipulation. Don't give because your emotions are moving you. We respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit and whatever he says is what we do. And that's how we try to live our lives. Katie and I, that's how we try to live our lives as a family. We wouldn't ask anything different of you. But God is doing something great in our midst. God is doing something special. I love that song. God is doing something. God is up to something. He's moving right now. But what got us here will not get us there. What got us to this place is not sufficient to get us to the next place. Now, many of you know, you know, this building has been a source of a a lot of, it's been a source of blessing And it's been a source of some stress as it's been put up for sale and taken down for sale. And then it did sell and then offers just all of the craziness. So some of you already know this and I'm going to try to catch everybody up to what's happening. Uh, You you know that I spoke to the owner some time ago. This building sold in June and then through conversations with the owner, he said, we think uh, we'd like to have you out of the building by November. That'll give you a few months to get things rolling. We were in talks and conversations with other facilities and just, it just wasn't moving forward the way that we had hoped that it would. So I approached the new, the new owner and I said, look, are you, 
going to use all 11 acres for your uh, future business or you know, is there a portion of it you'd be interested in selling back to us? Those kinds of things. So we're in these conversations. He came back within a day or two and said, look, you know, we would sell it back to you, all of it. So we started talking. The amount was too high. It just wasn't, we just couldn't get on the same page. So through conversation, he said, you know what? I don't feel me moving forward with a storage facility is the highest and best use of the property. And he said, I'm comfortable holding back on moving forward with that. And we would like to give you another 12 to 18 months. And so that happened a few months ago. And I said, look, we're at capacity. Um, we need to expand. And that's part of what this, this platform is about and the kids area. Just by expanding this platform, we, we took our capacity in here from 120 to 170. And I know that sounds weird, but we eliminated the offices. We were able to move stuff up. The sound's been moved. Like it's just a lot of, like a lot of stuff's been happening. Okay. So he said, absolutely, whatever you need to do. And we think we can facilitate ministry to about 250 total people on this property at once, including kids area. Now, between the time I spoke to him and then the last few weeks, he began to receive unsolicited cash offers on the building. So he messaged me. He's like, look, we had no intention of selling. We, we don't, this is so random to us. We're receiving unsolicited cash offers for a lot of money. So we began to talk. Now, he and I and the board and our leaders here, we haven't come to a place of agreement on the sale price. I know you're like, well, this is not very churchy. I'm just trying to get you caught up to what's happening so that you know what you're investing in in just a few moments. And to also share with you the miracle that God is doing. Now, while we haven't agreed on a sale price, my last two conversations with him went like this. First of all, he said, look, we don't feel we should move forward with the original plan to convert this property into storage. Second, he said, we don't feel that we should sell this property at all. And he said, we're no longer entertaining any offers that come in, no matter what they are. And his last offer was $1.1 million cash. So we're now entering into a long-term lease with the new owner. And while we're still in conversations, he's assured me that they want to work with us as long as we would like to work with them. <clears throat> God's hand is in this. We went from be having to be out last November to an additional 12 to 18 months to the owner passing up multiple cash offers, one of which was 1.1 million. Then he got a follow-up offer where the guy said, look, just name your price and, uh, and let's do it. And he said, I'm not even returning a, a phone call. We're, we're committed to you. Out of all of the people in the world that could have purchased this property, God sent a man and a woman a prayer from Michigan who consider kingdom business more important than earthly business. And that is worth celebrating. <clears throat> it's a miracle what God has done. And I know that kind of derails sort of from the spiritual thing, but we can't overlook the spiritual side of what's happening in our midst. God's, God's here. And I don't know my hope, you know, my hope and my desire. But I've submitted my plans and my desires to the Lord. And my, my, my plan is whatever his plan is. We're, come, we're, trying to, we're trying to navigate what our boundaries are, bring our will into alignment with his so that the breakthrough that we need can happen. Now, if it's here, we're happy with that. We're extremely happy. If God opens up another door and he says, this is the door, then we'll go through that. But either way, whatever the next step is, as we've been saying since the beginning, takes a miracle. But for now... 
The pressure has been relieved and we are here. We are home. Now here are today's, yeah, that's okay. It's a good place to. <laughs> here are today's key thoughts. All right. Number one, preparation for breakthrough begins with marking the territory of my promised land. I have to know where my boundaries are. If I'm stepping outside of the boundaries, I cannot step over here and say, God, you sit everywhere. You put, I put my foot, I can have, and I begin to claim this property or this, whatever it is that I'm claiming in my life because I'm now outside of what he said. Does that make sense? We cannot claim this promise out of context. We have to know where our territory is. And as long as you stay within the boundaries of what God has ordained, then you can expect breakthrough. Number two, preparation for breakthrough will be painful. Circumcision, cutting, sacrifice. What will I have to give up? I'm not talking about, listen, I, and again, I know I've, I've kind of mashed these two things up, talking about us corporately in the building, but personal breakthrough also. In your life, what breakthrough are you pursuing and what has to be cut away so that God can move in, the, in your life? We can't just keep doing, you know, this old axiom about the definition of insanity, right? You just, we can't keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Like, we just can't do that. What is it in my life that I'm going to have to give up? So preparation for breakthrough will be painful. And number three... The breakthrough is worth the pain. If you've ever fought through something that was hard, on the other side of it, wasn't it worth it? You fight and you fight and you get tired and it feels like you're not, not going to make it. And I know I've fought several battles like that in my life. It just feels like you don't have the energy to come, to come, you know, you don't have the energy to, to make it through. But once you keep fighting, you get on the other side of it, then the pain, the pain is worth it all. Now, as we receive the offering today, we're going to pray that the Lord of the breakthrough would do something significant in your life. Some of you have an amount in your mind that you, because you've been praying about this since November. Um, some of you have an amount in mind that you're going to give today. Some of you may want to pledge over the next year and once a month, we're going to have expansion Sunday and we're going to focus on this. We're not going to be just like we did before. We're not going to beat people up with it. We're just going to present opportunity and we're going to designate and pray and ask God to do what only God could do. So some of you will want to make a pledge. Others of you have an, have an amount right now. Um, but we're just going to trust that God, God will do do the miraculous that he will do what only he can do good morning as randy and i were um just praying for ourselves individually as a couple what we wanted to give uh, to this expansion offering you know i feel like randy had an amount he shared with me we had it in the bank account we were good to go felt good i was excited to give it he was excited to give it and then a few weeks later, God just really started stirring something else in my heart, and the idea seemed a little bit crazy, <laughs> and it wasn't 
And it was a little bit wild to me because it wasn't a gift specifically to the church, but to an individual. But I knew that it was all connected and God was saying, I want you to give this to, I knew the timing was gonna be about the same time. And I was just kind of sorting through it myself, you know, like, God, did you really say this to me? Did you, did you say this? Am I going crazy? Um, and so I, when I finally got brave enough to tell Randy about it, he was just like, uh, did you, are you sure you heard from God? <laughs> he was like, make sure you heard from God. And we weren't struggling with like the monetary value of the gift. That wasn't even a big deal. I was struggling with the convenience of it. And so I went back and I was seeking God and like, hey God, is this really you? Because this is gonna cause some discomfort. And I just want to know that it's you and I'm not making this up in my own mind. And so God responded to me one night I was about to go to bed and I felt like God, I was just praying about it. I had my eyes closed and God responded to me and he said, obedience is often inconvenient. And right as he spoke those words, it was like a flood of Bible stories that I learned when I was a little girl, the same stories we teach our kids and um, e-kids about like Noah, when God asked him to build the ark. I'm sure at the time that was not a part of like Noah's 20 year plan. Okay, I'm gonna go build this ark now. I gotta get all these supplies. No, no prior blueprint to anyone else building the ark, yet he did it. Uh, with labor and diligence. He was obedient and God honored it and blessed it. And then God was bringing to mind Jonah, who was being disobedient because he didn't want to do what God told him to do. He was running the other direction, trying to uh, run away. And inconveniently, he was thrown overboard. And inconveniently, he was swallowed by a big fish. And finally, he took the route of obedience and God honored it and he blessed it. And I thought about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how everyone around them was bowing down to this statue and they refused to bow down. They wouldn't do it. And they knew the consequence in advance. They knew already that the consequence was gonna be to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And you know what's so crazy about that story is God does not spare them from being thrown in. Like, <laughs> that would be so scary. So they weren't spared from being thrown in. They're still thrown in inconveniently into the furnace. But God left them untouched and unharmed, and he honored their obedience. And I share all of that with you today not to be like, hey, you all should live these inconvenient uncomfortable lives. That's, that's not it at all. In fact, I think when we give, I'm a firm believer in giving responsibly, giving with wisdom for what God has placed on your heart. And I had to say yes and be obedient to what God was speaking to us. And funny enough, I was like, okay, I said yes. Like we talked about it. I got Randy on board finally. Um, we talked about it. And then above that, God asked us to give something else in addition. And I'm not saying like, hey, give everything you have. I'm just saying you have to honor what God has asked you to do. And as we prepare to give this morning uh, for our expansion offering, I want you to use wisdom. I want you to walk in obedience with whatever God has put on your heart. You know, this week I was sharing with our volunteer team. I was at the church by myself working for a little bit. And at one point I just stopped, I was in the back of the room and I just looked up at the stage area and I was, God was just reminding me like how far we've come. You've come so far. And God's just really blessed this house, his favor 
has been on this place. I'm just so grateful for all of you, for the generous things you've done, not just for here, but as Randy was sharing earlier in all these other areas, you've been so faithful to give. And our ushers are gonna come and they're gonna uh, be passing out some sheets of paper to each row. It's just a white blank sheet of paper. It doesn't have a pledge amount. It doesn't have a place for you to write your name. You can put nothing on it. You can put your name on it. You can put an amount, whatever you have on your heart uh, to give, whether it's a one-time gift, which I know some of you are prepared for, or it's something you want to pledge over this next year. You can write it down. And then they're going to come, and in just a moment, uh, we're going to pray over this offering. And I just want you to know we have, our only expectation is we know we're going to walk in obedience. And because we walk in obedience, we know God's going to honor that. Everything else is 100% between you and God. So, ushers, if you'll come after they do that, we'll give everyone a few moments. to write down a pledge. If you'll go ahead and come up. Whether you have your pledge paper in your hand this morning or you have an offering prepared to give, we're going to hold it up in just a moment when we pray. thank you, Lord. You can hold your offering in the air, your pledge. God, I thank you for the opportunity to give. God, I pray that everyone in this room would know that no gift is insignificant to your kingdom. God, from the, the tiniest amount to the largest amount, God, obedience and blessing is still the same. And God, I just speak blessing over this gift today. I pray that breakthrough would come with this gift today in every area, God, that breakthrough is needed, not just in my life, but in the life of every person of this room. God, I pray that this gift would be so much more than just a regular offering, God. God, that you would just take it, God, and do things that our mind can't even imagine, God. God, that we can come back up here next year and say, guess what? God did triple that amount that we were able to give. And God, that we'll just look back on this moment and know that you did something so big and so great. God, I thank you, Lord for being a good God. I thank you, Lord, that you always honor our obedience. 
And God, Lord, this morning, God, we say this offering is for you. It's to reach people for you. It's to reach a community for you. It's to reach Bellevue for you. It's to expand your kingdom. It's not just an expansion offering at Everyday Church in Bellevue, Florida. God, this is an expansion offering to expand the kingdom of God. God, I pray that souls would be saved, God, because of this. God, I thank you for what you're doing, for what you've done the past five years, God. God, and I thank you for the future that you hold in your hands, Jesus. God, I thank you for this gift. Use it for your glory and for your honor. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Stand with me and sing it. Shake up the ground of all my and break down the walls. Cause your way, your way is better. Your way is better. One more time, shake up. Shake up the ground of all my. Won't you break down the walls? Cause your way is better. One time, would you lift your hands and sing? And I will make room for you To do whatever you want to Do whatever you want to And I will make room for you To do whatever you want to do whatever you want to listen if you're in the room today and you need a breakthrough in your life i don't want to close this service out without giving you an opportunity to have someone pray with you you may be in the room and you don't have a relationship with jesus at all man what better day scripture says today is the day of salvation today is the day that you can surrender your life to christ so you can 
make room for him in your life and you can experience maybe the first spiritual breakthrough of your entire life if you don't know him i would be honored i don't use those words lightly i know i say them a lot but i mean them i would be honored to lead you in your first steps to surrender in your life to christ with every head raised and every eye opened, if you need Jesus or you need to recommit your life to him, would you lift your hand so that I could see that? Amen. You can put it back down. Anybody else in the room say, you know what, I need a breakthrough in my life and I, I want to surrender my life to Christ today. How many of you may be facing something else? Your, your life is committed to the Lord, but you say, you know what? I need a breakthrough in my life. I need a breakthrough in my marriage. I need a, a breakthrough in my finances. I need a breakthrough in my job. There's an area in your life that you need God, the Lord, and the breakthrough just to break in and to do what only he can do. You need a miracle in your life. Would you lift your hand? Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something that may be uncomfortable. We don't do this all the time, but we're going to do it today. On behalf we'll of Pastor Randy and the entire the staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.